you find that God builds a house, his house has been created with a specific purpose and a plan in mind. He did not create his house to be barren, deserted. He did not create his house to be devoid, hollow, vacant. He did not create his house to be uninhabited, unoccupied, and he did not create his house to be empty. No, every house that bears his name bears his name for one reason, because he has a purpose to fill that house full of what? Full of power, full of purpose, full of people, but most of all, full of his presence. However, he cannot feel what is not his. We have decided that we're not going to make room for Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit gets to have the room. Holy Spirit, you have the room. We're not making room. You have the whole room is yours. Somebody just give God praise right there for what he's about to feel. Come on, somebody give God praise for what he's about to feel. Ah, we love you, Jesus. You are worthy of our best praise. We thank you for so many doors you've opened and so many ways you've made. But we believe that our best days are not behind us. Truly, the best is yet to come. You've saved the best wine for the last of the days. And we praise you because you are the author and the finisher of our faith. We have tried you and you have been found faithful. Therefore, we are thankful for you are good all the time and all the time you've been so good somebody give God a praise in the place this morning yeah 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 come on I just feel like we need to praise him for a minute for the fact that he brought us over for so many things he brought us through look at you still standing look at you with your hands lifted with your mouth open in joy unspeakable and full of glory other people would have given up other people would have quit other people would have walked away but God's been too good to you to let you go somebody magnify Jesus in this place today 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 hallelujah how many blessed people are in the room today how many best people are watching today come on if you're blessed just thank God for the blessing yeah we bless you Jesus we thank you Lord we thank you Lord happy new year everybody so glad to see you in the house of the Lord you glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning Happy New Year, everybody. You're glad to be in the house of the Lord. Anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Happy New Year, everybody. Aren't you glad you're not in the hospital this morning? Aren't you glad you're not at the funeral home this morning? Aren't you glad you're not picking out a casket this morning? Aren't you glad you're not at uh, level 13 in the hospital this morning? Aren't you glad you don't have a straight jacket on? Are you glad to be in the place where miracles show up? Are you glad to be in a place where signs and wonders manifest themselves? I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house. Anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Hey, hey. Amen. We're so glad you're in the house of the Lord. Those of you that are watching online, we're so thankful for you today. I missed you last Sunday. Um, we've, been, we've been fighting this sickness, and hallelujah, I just couldn't do it last Sunday. I tried to get myself up, but it didn't work. You know I'm sick if I'm not preaching. I go away on vacation and still preach. Hallelujah. And I was, I, I just, I had to labor. He maketh me to lie down. Hallelujah. He did last Sunday. 
And I'm so thankful to have a, a group of elders who you can call and the integrity that they live in. Does it draw you? Come on, thank God for, for our elders even last Sunday. Um, being able to minister in my stead, I feel pretty good right now. Hallelujah. I feel like preaching for three hours. Somebody say amen. Don't you test me. Hallelujah. We'll find out how sacred of an assembly this is. Bless the name of the Lord. I'm so glad you're in the house of the Lord, man. It's so good to be with you. We're so thankful. Thank God that 2020 is over. And thank God that 2021 is going to be 2020 wonderful. Hallelujah. I saw somebody post something and said, so you, it's a scary thing when you see that 2021, W-O-N, and I thought, Dude, you can live in that if you want to, hallelujah, I'm going to call this 2020 wonderful, <laughs> hallelujah. <clears throat> he even works it all together, don't make me preach now, he works all things together for our good. 2020 was just an ingredient with what he's doing in your life. It wasn't the final picture, it's just, anybody like brownies, we're in a fast, let's just talk about brownies. Come on, it's the sugar and the water and the oil and the eggs in the heat that creates it all compacting together. Sometimes if you just focus on the oil, you'll never taste the brownie. But when he works it all together and puts a little heat with it, that's when it is finger licking good. Hallelujah. Let's close in prayer. Father, I'm just kidding. I got a question for you today. How many of you are blessed? Okay, that's terrible. How many of you are blessed? I mean, when you think about you and of all the people he chose, how many of you are just thankful that you're blessed? You're, you're blessed by God. I want to read you a passage of scripture. And, um, and in the first service, I didn't get a chance to watch your testimony. It was absolutely amazing. I, I was watching it, and it was just absolutely amazing. Um, praise God. Praise God. You've been living that journey for years. Hallelujah. <clears throat> I want to I I reread the scripture that they quoted a few minutes ago. And I want you to see this because the ultimate goal of God is to fill your house with the blessings that he has for you. Look at this. And he says, try me now in this. Try me right now. I want you to try me right now. Try Jesus, don't try me, cause I throw hands. Y'all can look that up later. <clears throat> try me now in this, and see, we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, and see if I will not open for you. Everybody say me. See, I want you to try me, and try me now in this particular area, and see if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there's not enough room to receive it there's full house that I have a blessing for you that the only thing keeping it from being unleashed in your life is a window it is not a door it is not a gate it is not a lock it is not a chain it is a window and the only thing that's keeping me from lifting up that window is the fact that you hadn't tried me. I've got a window. It's all sitting pushed on the window. 
that I want to unlock up in heaven, and I want to open this window and pour it out on you. And when heaven's window opens and it pours out on you, you do not have a big enough floor plan to hold this. Your apartment is not big enough. Your townhouse is not big enough. Your subdivision is not. It doesn't matter what size floor plan you have. I don't care how many square feet you have. You right now do not have enough square footage to hold the blessing that I have been wanting to pour on you. And not only that, it gets better. Verse 11, and not only am I going to pour a blessing on you, but I'm going to rebuke the devourer for your sake. I'm going to rebuke him for your sake so much so, watch this, that he will not be able to destroy the fruit of your ground. That every ounce of your property has harvest potential. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field. That I'm going to bless you in such a way. And then I'm going to rebuke the enemy over your life in such a way that everything you get in your ground becomes fruitful and absolutely brings harvest into your life. Who wants to live in that kind of way? But it gets better. Verse number 12, and not only am I going to pour out a blessing, there's not enough room, and I'm going to rebuke the devourer so that everything is harvested in your life, but number 12, verse 12, and all the nations will call not your property, not your church, not a North Carolina, not a South Carolina, not a state, not an area, but the nations will call you blessed, and you will be a delightful land, says the Lord. So I have a question for you this morning. How many of you want to live in that kind of overflow? That when you open your door to go to work, as soon as you open it, you're like, oh, okay, get back in there. Get back in there. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. There's not enough room. When you open your garage, blessing spills out into your streets. This is the promise of God. I believe with all of my heart, this is the blessing of the Lord for you and for me. Not the preacher, not the spiritual people, but the obedient people to what it is. And all we have to do is try Jesus. Try him. Well, by show of hands, how many want to live in that overflow? Want to live in that blessing? will live in that blessing, that the window of heaven is open, and the mouth of God is open, and the harvest of God is open in my, in my life. Well, how do we get there? Let's go back to the context, verse 6. We're in Malachi chapter 3. If you're Italian, it's Malachi. It's Malachi. It's Malachi chapter 3. Look at verse 6. For I am the Lord. He didn't say I'm the Savior. He said I'm the Lord. There's a difference between serving a Savior and serving a Lord. When he saved me, I live in gratitude for what he kept me from. But when he's Lord... He is the one I am yielded to, and I'll go where he tells me to go, and I'll do what he tells me to do, and I'll say what he tells me to say, and I will live yielded 
not just in slavery, but as a bondservant, as an ambassador to the king who sits on the throne of my life. I am the Lord. Look at the verse. And I do not change. Mm. This is very important in our generation to understand. God does not change his mind with regards to what he's doing for you. With, with regards with what he's doing for me. He doesn't change his mind. In other words, God cannot be manipulated. We've got to learn to be God-ipulated. God has not learned to be manipulated. While we're trying in our prayers to manipulate, God says, listen, if I'm Lord, you have to let me be Lord. And even if I lead you in tough seasons, you have to trust me because I'm the one in charge of it all. I am the Lord and I do not change. Most of us ask God to come to our perspective when God is asking us to come to his. This is why everybody has an opinion of their truth today. Well, that's just not my truth. My, my truth is, let me help you understand something. He is the way. He is the truth. And whether you agree or disagree doesn't make him any less Lord over the earth. And you better be glad that I do not change. Because if I did change, you would have already been killed. Look at the text. That's why you're not consumed. The reason I haven't burnt you up, and you, listen, it may not, maybe not you, but the person beside you, they should have been in hell a long time ago. And you know they should have been in hell because of the hell they put you through. <laughs> Sorry. Second service. Y'all keep coming. Hallelujah. Yeah. The, the reason they're not consumed is because I'm the Lord and I do not change. I do not get put into an emotional situation. Yet from the days of your father, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you. Here's what the Lord is saying. He says, you can live your life your way, or you can live your life my way. But if you come over to where I am, I promise I'm going to come over to where you are. But stop asking me to join what you're trying to do. I want you to get on the page with what I'm trying to do in your life. Because if you're not experiencing the fullness of my blessing, you are missing out you're missing out so he says return to me and I'll return to you and then the Lord says but in what way shall we return how do, how do I get back to you look at what he says verse 8 will a man rob God will a man rob me this is very important because those of you that have ever heard this message, you know it's about money. So just, just, you'll be okay. If you don't know me, you don't know me. So just chalk me up as the money preacher if you want. Prosperity gospel, you don't know me. <clears throat> I want you blessed. Let me preface what I'm about to say over the next few minutes. This church is more blessed than it has ever been in the history of this church. In the middle of a pandemic, we have seen increase in 20 and 25%. I'm not sitting here in a building campaign. We are not in a crisis. I'm not trying to pay the power bills. I'm not looking for your stimulus check. Come on. My objective is to get you blessed. 
My agenda is for you to walk in the obedience of God to the point to where the window of heaven that he has for you is begun and not just to get cracked, but to be busted out and he dump overflow of blessing upon blessing that he has already predetermined is yours. If we walk in obedience, he says, will a man rob me? Listen, let me help you. That does not mean we're stealing from God money. What it means is, is that we're robbing him of the opportunity to open the window. We're robbing him the opportunity of opening his mouth to rebuke the enemy over your life. You're robbing him of the opportunity to make you a delightful land. It's not the theft of your money, your dollars. It is the theft of the blessing that he has laid up for you. And he's saying, you're robbing me of the greatest privilege I have. Now that I've given you my son, I want to give you a blessing. That's the theft he's talking about. Now you'll hear preachers preach, my God, you're stealing, you're a bunch of thieves, you're stealing his money, you're stealing his money. No, you're robbing him of verse 10 and 11 and 12. That's why I started there. Because these are the things he wants to do. These are the things he's planned to do, but he cannot bless disobedience. Will a man rob God? In what way have we robbed you? Well, let me answer it. In tithes and offerings. Verse 9, therefore you're cursed. That is not Jesus, that is not God putting on a witch hat, grabbing a broom, and creating a little seance against you. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, if I can't bless you, it's a curse. For you not to live under my blessing is a curse to you. I have this blessing, I have this rebuke, and I have this thing that I want to create you to be, which is a delightful land. And for you not to live underneath that is a curse for you not to be that blessed. Powerful text. Says, so so let's, get, let's get right. Now, you must understand, uh, he says all the nation, watch this. I cannot bless disobedience. Imagine, those of you that have been blessed to have children, you walk up to your little Susie, your little Johnny, your little Hercules, and you look at Hercules and you go, Hercules, you is smart, you is kind, you is important, here's a slice of pie, just kidding. <clears throat> Sorry, second service. <clears throat> but I'm going to need you, Hercules. I'm going to need you to go up to your room, and I'm going to need you to pick up all your toys, and I'm going to need you to make up your bed. And if you will, Hercules, I'm going to take you to Chick-fil-A, and we're going to get you a very special treat. An hour goes by. Two hours goes by. Three years go by. Five years go by, and time after time you go to check, your child is looking at you going, where's my Chick-fil-A? Where's my Chick-fil-A? Where's my Chick-fil-A? Well, I hope you know how to eat G.I. Joe's, because they're still on the floor. Did you enjoy eating that Lego? Maybe if you eat the Legos, they'll get, disappear and you'll clean the room. Imagine, imagine 
how whipped a parent is to allow them to live in absolutely disobedience. I, I love this. Well, I was about to. I needed to finish my video game first. Mm. Uh. Try Jesus. Don't try me. Because I fight. <clears throat> and then usually what will come out of my mouth immediately is, um, son, delayed obedience is still disobedience. Oh, we didn't like that at all, do we? Delayed obedience is still disobedience. I'm not going to release the blessing without you releasing obedience. I cannot, you're asking me to bless a cursed thing. You do not want me to bless cursed. Because for me to put a blessing on a curse means that curse is now blessed to be more of a curse. The greatest thing I can do is keep the window closed. Because if you'll be satisfied with being cursed with $1,000 a week, then you'll be satisfied to continue being cursed with $10,000 a week. And now the cursing has been increased in your life. God says, I can't do it. Look, <clears throat> and you must understand that the economy of this world, 99.9% .9 of us in this room are watching online, we get our money from the world. It is a secular society that we live in. We live in the world's economy. That's why everybody's trying to get to $600 or $2,000. Can I preach on it for a minute? Are we okay? Can I preach on it for a minute? Can I just talk about it for a minute that we're sitting here, we're so excited that we're going to have a direct deposit for a $600 check. That we're going, man, I got, I hope, I hope McConnell, uh, McConnell gets his act together so we can have a $2,000 check. Man, God have mercy. We're going to get a $2,000 check. But listen, if your source is the government, you are already in a world of hurt because the economy, the spirit on the economy of our world, listen to me, it is full of greed, it is full of lack, and it is full of never enough. And I'm here today to tell you, $600 won't be enough, $2,000 won't be enough, $5,000 won't be enough, and I'm here today to tell you it perpetuates debt and bondage and slavery. When God has said, I have commanded you to be the lender and not the borrower. And here we are celebrating borrowing from our great-grandchildren. Because we want to get our check. It is quiet in this Holy Ghost filled church. My, my, my Chisholm, my oldest, he was sitting there, he was like, we were standing there talking, one of our elders was at the house, <coughs> we were standing there talking, and um, we were talking about the very thing I just said, this is $600, and, and Chiz, oh yeah, I cannot wait to get my $600 check, and I'm like, really, you want, you want that $600, oh yeah, I need my $600 check, you, and before I could, before I could catch myself, I went, oh, you need your $600 check? You need it. You need it. You, you need it? Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I need it. I went, okay, cool. If you ever heard his voice, that's, he's real, real deep. <clears throat> he's like, oh, yeah, I need it. I, I need it for this and for this or for this. I said, last time I checked, you still have a job, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, you have a job, okay. Um, <clears throat> I hadn't seen you pay one bill here 
but I have seen you cause a whole lot of grocery bills here. Come on, somebody. Come on. I, I got a 21, 22-year-old trying to figure out life because the government told him he needs his money in order to survive. No, you're a tither. You're a tither, and we do not serve Job Jireh. We serve Jehovah Jireh, and he is the one that sustains us, and he is the one that takes care of us. He is the one that we're counting on. Let heaven and earth pass away. His word will remain, and he said that I have never seen the righteous forsake him, and I've never seen his seed begging for bread. And if you need $600 to survive, where's your source? I'm shaking us this morning. We do not live in the economy of this age. We do not live in the economy of this age. If it all folds up, heaven and earth will pass away, but his word, it shall remain, and I'm standing on it. Not a check. That my great-grandchildren are going to have to pay for. When he told me a wise man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, I'm going to rob them because I need new shoes. You're just going to go buy a TV. I need to shut up. Sorry. We have to shake ourselves out of the economy of this age. It's never enough, it's never going to be enough. But I promise you, Jesus is more than enough. You can stand on it. I'm not talking to you out of religious platitude. For six months, no job. Six months, no job. But I still had a Jehovah. And I never went without and every bill got paid. You want to talk about faith in a, in, a, in a year? 2020 has been the most difficult year of ministry for me. I thought planning the church was hard until COVID hit. Not only COVID, but my dad dies of leukemia. The next week, COVID hits. Within three or four weeks, we're going through incredible civil unrest in our nation. And see, when you pastor or lead a congregation that looks like you, you're able to relate in one dimension. But when your congregation looks like heaven, and everybody doesn't look the same, come from the same perspective or the same zip code, votes the same way, has the same life experiences, it is a very difficult thing when everybody is isolated in their home and everything they're hearing is everybody who does not look like you does not love you. And you're trying to navigate a season. It's been the most difficult season of ministry. And we got our elders together. Well, what are we going to do? I said, so we're going to move forward. What are you talking about? We're moving forward. I don't know what we're going to do, but it's going to be a forward Real life forward. Here we go. God knew this was coming. We're going to move forward. We're going to move forward. Well, what about this? We're moving forward. Well, what about that? We're moving forward. Well, what if they stop giving? We're moving forward. You're not my source anyway. He will build his church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. I believe it because we started with just us.
he's been faithful time after time. That's just the church. I could give you story after story of our personal finances where the Lord blessed us, where we had to make a decision, even at a young marriage, first year of marriage, are we going to pay our long distance bill or are we going to be a tither? And it wasn't even a choice. If we go without a phone, that's why they have pay phones. Uh, you know, teenagers have no idea what I'm talking about. And then the day the phone bill was due, somebody knocks on our door with a check for the exact amount to the penny and didn't have a clue. But the God they served did. I, I'm just telling you. He says, I don't, don't rob me of being a miracle worker for you. Don't rob me of opening that window. He says, now here's how you do it. Ready? Verse 10. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse. He didn't say tithes and offerings. He said, I want you to bring all the tithe into the storehouse. The storehouse here is a picture of whatever church you are a member of. If this place is your place, you should be tithing. Let, let me help you. I feel like I always have to say this because there's a lot of people that just don't know me. I don't know who gives what. One of the things I saw early on in ministry was there's a list for people who give X amount and you have access for X amount. But people who gave under that, and it rubbed me the wrong way because I have a fundamental struggle with the widow's might. She made history with two mites. But she, didn't, she can't get a meeting with the preacher. So when we started Judah Church, from day one, I looked at my leadership team and I said, I want you to understand, I never want to hear a number attached to a name. I don't know what you give. I don't know if you give. My agenda is not to find out. Here's what I do. When I see you in the leadership pipeline, from sitting to serving, from serving to leading, from leading to elders, from elders to ordain, that is the leadership pipeline of Judah Church. Growth Track is a great opportunity to understand the pipeline here. If you want to sit, if you want to lead, you got to learn how to serve. We serve by leading and we lead by serving. Everybody serves here, including the preacher. We okay? So <clears throat> when we move from sitting to serving and I, we recognize leadership potential in the person, I will grab our, our, our elder in charge of finances. He's the one and the accountant. They're the only ones who know a number with a name. I don't know any of that stuff. And I look at them and I go, find out from me how consistent they are in their tithing. And here's what I say, just so you know, are they a tither or a tipper or a trither? That's what I want to know. I'll explain that in a minute. Because, or a thief. Will a man rob me when my daughter starts dating at 20? <laughs> Hallelujah. People make dumb decisions, 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19, and 20. But <clears throat> I'm going to wait till 20 because she got to get out. And all God's husband said, amen. When she starts dating at 20, the first thing I'm going to do is call his pastor and find out his tithe record. First thing I'm going to do. If she's serious, I'm going to find out his tithe record. Well, that's just stupid. No, it's not. Because if he'll steal from God, what do you think he'll do to her? Don't mess with me. Anybody want to ask my daughter out anytime soon? Good. <laughs> Exactly. <clears throat> Watch this. I want you to bring all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. You have no idea how many times I hear people tell me that the reason God brought them to Judah, they knew it was their season because they were no longer getting fed at their previous church. 
listen, hear me, according to the text, the food or the lack thereof in a particular congregation may have nothing to do with the preacher. It may have everything to do with the level of obedience of the congregation. That food in the house of God is not based upon whether the preacher can preach. It's based upon whether the congregation can obey. Because I've been fed by people who had no clue how to cook. Okay. It's quiet in this Holy Ghost filled church. I knew we were going to have a hard day today. Welcome to the fast. <laughs> but I want you to see this. That when my finances are brought here, let me help you, storehouse. If this is your church and I am your pastor, this is your storehouse. If you are not a part of this house and you have a house and you have a pastor, that's your storehouse. Your tithe should go there. Your tithe should come here if this is the place where God has brought you. Where you sow in offerings, that is your determination to plant seed in good soil. You can put that anywhere, do that anytime, be prompted as, and compelled as you prefer. That doesn't matter with your offering, but as it relates to your tithe, your tithe should go. It would be like you getting a paycheck and putting it in, in, in first city when you have your account at Bank of America but they're both banks it shouldn't matter it makes all the difference for your storehouse tithe let me mess with it because I, I know I know some of us this may be a whole brand new concept the word tithe it has two meanings number one the simple meaning is this ten tenth ten percent ten tenth that's what it means tenth <clears throat> that when I bring my tithe, what I'm doing is I'm bringing a tenth of my total income and I'm bringing it to my storehouse in obedience to God so I do not rob him of the opportunity to open the window, rebuke the devourer, and create me as a delightful land. Ten, tenth. Why ten? It's a great question. Because, watch this, the whole is revealed by the ten. Let me say that again. The whole is revealed by the ten. There is not one number that you can give that does not have one through ten in it. So when I give God the tenth, what I'm telling him is what the whole is really doing. Because if I will obey you with the ten, what I'm saying is you're Lord over the ninety. When I give you my 10, I'm telling you, you're 100% in charge of it all. I trust you. Now, the deeper meaning of the word tithe is this. Watch this. Given to God for destruction. When I tithe, and I am a tither, just so you understand, we're at 12 or 13% currently is what we feel like we're supposed to do on a personal level. In addition to offerings every week, that's just what we do. I'm not telling you that to brag. I'm just telling you I'm not preaching a message I don't live. Okay, I'm just not doing it. He's been too good in this area. I want you to understand. <clears throat> my, our goal is to eventually get to the place where we're tithing 90 and living off 10. I want to be so blessed that I can give him 90% of my income and work here for free because I could, then I can really tell you what I think. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. 
that we tithe 90 and we live off the 10. That's what I'm, that's our desire. That's our heart's desire by the time it's over with. <clears throat> but, but hear me, the reason we give the 10 is because we're letting him know that he's in the control of all of it. And we give him the 10 for the sake of destruction. The destruction of what? The destruction of the world's economy over the other 90%. That, that if I give him the 10 and make it holy, what I'm saying is break greed off of the 90. Break lack off of the 90. Break never enough off of the 90. I can live in the blessing and the overflow of the 90 because you broke the back of greed, lack, and never enough in my obedient act with the 10. That's what it is. I give it to him for destroying greed, lack, never enough, the economy of the world over my money in the 90. There are some really ignorant pastors who will say, because I get an income from a religious place, I don't have to tithe. You are a moron. Why would you not want the window open? Oh, sorry, it's 11 o'clock. I didn't mean a moron. I mean a really good person that loves Jesus. I've had people ask me, say, well, gross or net? Anybody ever been there? Don't raise your hand. Gross or net? And here's my response. Do you want a blessing that you can hold in a net? Or do you want a blessing that is so gross you just have to jump back, kiss yourself, and go, hmm. I mean, I want a gross blessing. I want it to be so gross in my life that when people come to the restaurant, they don't have to worry about anything. I want it to be so gross in my life that that can pantry remains full. I want it to be so gross in my life that nobody has a need among them, that they know that pastor's going to do what he needs to do because the blessing is on him, not the ministry. That there may be food in my house given to God for destruction. And then he says, we're in verse 10, now try me. Try me. Try me. Ortiz has did such a beautiful job in that testimony. Try me. I have done what I'm about to do for eight years. For eight years, you ready? If you have never been a tither, and you don't trust God, but you're willing to try, at the conclusion of six months, if you don't see the provision of God over your life, I'll give you your check back. I'll give you your money back. Now, don't come up here telling me that you put $5,000 in the offering. <laughs> right, write a check, put your name on it, hallelujah. Make the thing so it's, uh, you know, I'm going to give you what I can see, all right? But at the conclusion of six months, I've done this every time I've ever preached on giving for eight years. In eight years, I've had one person come back to me and say, Pastor, I'm in a crisis of my health. Can I please have all my ties back? By the time this single mother left my office, she was more blessed than she could even imagine. Not because I bailed her out, but because God provided for her in a way. And she said, Pastor, thank you so much that I didn't have to take back from God what God has already done for me. And she's still living in the overflow of blessing. Watch this. I believe in trying him so much that if you'll try God, at the conclusion of six months, you come to me and you say, Pastor, it didn't work for me. I'll give you your money back. You're not my source, but he is yours. 
And if this is your storehouse, I, I want to put you in a place where you don't have to have as much faith to try him or not. That there may not be enough room to hold. Watch this. The finances are brought here. Food is brought here so that the blessing can be brought to your home. I bring my finances here. It's manifested by the meat we get to eat. And then I take that meat as strength for my own body. And I go home and I'm walking in blessing and overflow in my life. That's the promise of the Lord. And not only will I do the blessing, but number, verse 11, I will rebuke the devourer. I love this statement right here. I, I'm not going to send a preacher. I'm not going to send a prophet. I'm not going to send Gabriel. I'm not going to send Michael. I'm going to stand up myself. And I'm going to look at the devourer over your life, the one that's trying to eat your health, that's trying to eat your peace, that's trying to eat your joy, that's trying to eat your love, that's trying to eat up your marriage, that's trying to eat up, come on somebody, that's trying to eat up that stuff. I'm going to stand up myself because you've trusted me in this way, and I'm going to look at him and say, not the Lord rebuke you, I am the Lord. Now get out of their way and take your hands off of their life. I rebuke you. You will not stay. You must flee out of their life in my name. Ah. So you must understand Mark chapter 4 verse 4. Watch this. He says that, that when the seed would be planted that the birds would come in before they could take root and gobble up the seed of the gospel and it couldn't walk, it, they couldn't live in it. Listen, hear me today. When you walk in disobedience, the God says, I'm going to keep the crow from ever getting down to the seed and the seed will produce the harvest in your life. Oh, devour. The word in the Hebrew of devour right here, watch this, is seed eater. I am going to rebuke the one that's trying to keep the harvest out of your life. I'm going to rebuke the seed eater because of the seed you planted in obedience. Come on, Christine, I'm done. Verse 12. And I will put you in such a situation that all nations will call Judah church blessed. We'll call the elders blessed. We'll call the members blessed. No, no, no. No, I'm going to make it in such a way that when the nations look at you, they look at you and say, they're blessed. Do you know there are people looking at you saying you're blessed even when you feel like you're broke? I'm going to put you in such a place that nations turn around and go, Whoo, there is a mm, gross blessing on that brother. Whoo, there is a gross blessing on that sister. Whoo, there is a gross blessing on that family. There is, mm, oh, I mean, they give you the stank face because of how blessed you are. Watch this, to become a delightful land. I want you to see this. Watch this, verse 10, verse 10. I'm going to pour you out a blessing. Hold on. That word is not a verb. Because a verb would be an action verb, which means he would do something and give it to us one time. He's not trying to bless you. 
He's trying to pour something out on you that is not an action verb, but is a state of being for you. Oh, I love this. There are six meanings for this word blessing in the Hebrew. I'm just going to give you one for the sake of time today. One meaning. It means a source of blessing as a pool or reservoir. In other words, what I want to do in you is I want to pour into you in such a way that your house has become now a pool, a reservoir of the blessing. So you don't have to wonder where your blessing is. You know blessing is in the house. You don't have to wonder where peace is. Peace is in the house. You don't have to wonder where joy is. Joy is in the house. And your house, your floor plan is full of blessing. It's a source. But watch this. Not just for you. But verse 12, so that when nations present themselves, they say, oh, her house isn't blessed, she's blessed. Her finances aren't blessed, she's blessed. Her relationships aren't blessed, she's blessed. And you are no longer the place to go see a blessing, but you are the blessing that they've been looking for. Somebody asked me one time, they said, what's your definition of success in ministry? It's real simple for me. When I leave the stage, I want to become the stage. God has me in this season on the platform, but success for me is when I'm no longer on the platform, but I become the platform for sons and daughters to launch off of. Success for me is not getting on a bigger stage. Success for me is being such a big stage that sons and daughters can stand on what we've built and they can go higher and further and faster. That is, I don't want to be blessed. I want to be the blessing that somebody else is looking for. And all I have to do is try Jesus. Now, I know I'm talking about money, and I don't apologize. Because if you've been coming at all, you have very rarely ever seen me take up an offering. And I looked in my notes, and I haven't preached on the tithe since December of 2019. So if you want to allow the enemy, the seed eater, to tell you he's just a money grubber, you don't know me, and you don't know I keep good records. I haven't preached on the tithe since 2019. And I apologize for that, y'all. I apologize. You haven't heard from me all year long on the place how you get the window open in your life. What a, what a terrible pastor I have been for 2020. Yet in the midst of it all, tithing has increased, giving has increased. We're not in a building program yet, but by the end of this year we will be. 
I'm not setting you up for the building. I'm setting you up for the blessing. Hear me. Pull that down just a little. Here's what I heard the Lord say. And I promise you I'm done. I was writing my notes Friday morning. The Lord said to me, he said, tell my people it's time to grow up. Shake yourself from the economy of this world. By and large, the vast majority of the people under the sound of my voice today, you've heard messages on tithing and giving. The overwhelming majority of you, you've heard this. But we live in theft stage, or we live as tippers. Here's what I mean by that. It's like you go into a restaurant and you tip in the waitress for her service, but you skip out on the bill. Well, at least I did something. I agree. But you've been tipping for 10 years. When you know that tithing in this area of obedience unlocks the window. Well, he hasn't blessed me with my tip. It's because the seed keeps getting eaten. Partial obedience is not obedience. And then the other stage, the next stage I call, I call it tithing. Tithing. <clears throat> tithing. Which means I don't have enough faith for 10%. But 3%. 4%, 5%, 6%. And we've lived there for too long. This is the year. What if I told you that in 2021, God wants to break the back of debt off of your life? What if I told you that this is the year that God is going to snap. I'm talking about you've been in debt. Your grandparents were living in bond, financial bondage. Your parents were living in financial bondage. You've suffered in financial bondage. And your only way that you do anything is through credit card, debt after debt after debt after debt. What if I told you that in 2021, God said he's going to break the back of debt off of your life? We will respond in one of two ways. Number one, I can't believe anybody didn't shout. One of two ways. We're going to say, yes, Lord, I receive it, and live our life until he surprises us with it. Or we're going to go, yes, Lord, I receive that in my life, and then we begin adjusting ourselves to receive that promise. God said, in 2021, I'm going to destroy gluttony off of you, and you're going to lose 50 pounds. Some of us would say, if God's going to do it, bring on the key lime pie. He's going to do it. 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 Let me help you. He's not going to do it. 
We curse every calorie in Jesus' name. We curse it. We curse it. We curse. I prophesy. Curse, curse, curse. Mm, good. Don't ever do that again with us. I'm just kidding. We curse it. We curse it. I rebuke every fat cell in this Wendy's cheeseburger in the name of Jesus. Are we going to go, you know what? This is my year. He's bringing my body. This is the temple of the Holy Spirit. He's bringing my body under subjection. We're going to bring it into it. And you know what? Get rid of all the snacks. Get rid of little Debbie devils. Come on. We rebuke the brownies. Hallelujah. We're going to find stuff that's living and eat the living because we want to live and not die. Come on. We rebuke every buffet in the name of Jesus. And we walk away from it. Hallelujah. And let me tell you what happened. Because you put work with your faith, it produced a harvest in your life. And you get to look back and go, Look what the Lord has done through me. Or you gain five pounds, you lose five pounds, you gain five pounds back, you lose those same five pounds and say, I lost 10 pounds. And at the end, you look and go, well, God didn't do it at all. He must be a liar. No, he cannot bless disobedience when I was sitting there just a few moments ago while they were doing the announcement the Holy Spirit spoke to me and I couldn't find the scripture reference so I asked my son for his phone and it's in Mark chapter 9 verse 44 I looked and said Lord help my unbelief the hardest area that people have to trust him in is the area of their finances Lord help my unbelief Lord help my unbelief this is the year I, I heard the Lord said this is the year to grow up this is the year to stop paying with credit cards so that he can walk how can he walk you into financial freedom when every time you spend is 18% in debt How can he help you to walk in freedom when you're paying for vacations you can't afford? Because we deserve it. This is the year. Listen, if you're new in the faith, you're a babe in Christ, just visit this message in a year or so. But for those of us who have walked in this and we have made every excuse for our disobedience the Lord said what I'm gonna do in your life in 2021 is going to blow your mind if you will live now in expectation of receiving it versus continuing in disobedience expecting me to bless what's cursed Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor. Pastor loves you. Enough to be a little hard today. <clears throat> and he's telling you, not me, but he's telling you, it's time to grow up. 
in Jesus' name. Now lay your hands on them and cast the, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Stand with me all over the room. I don't do this very often. I don't do this very often. <clears throat> but we were talking about it in between services. <clears throat> and um, it's so funny that I, I, we did not plan this sermon, but I was supposed to preach this sermon two Sundays ago. But the Lord has a different plan, and the Ortiz's testimony coincided. It's probably been, what, 14, 15 years ago, I preached a version of this message as a youth pastor. When I was <laughs> as a youth pastor. And it caused a ruckus in the congregation. It was about a 12, 1300 member church at the time. And, and I preached this message as a youth pastor. And every religious disobedient person lost their mind. Who does this, who do you think... They hated my guts. Ask them. <laughs> Tried to get me fired. Their best friends at the time went to the Bible to prove me wrong so that they could go to the pastor and show how unbiblical their youth pastor is and get me fired for a version of the message I just preached to you this morning. And when they got finished looking through the scriptures, they came back, all of them, knuckleheads, and said, we're sorry. Looking in the scriptures, everything you said was truth. Son, nobody wants to hear they're living like adolescents. Nobody wants to hear they're being immature. Nobody enjoys being corrected. But in an attempt to prove me wrong, they found out that God's word is truth. And more blessed than they have ever been. Listen, if y'all knew their story, I know he's quiet, he looks mean all the time. I mean, he just looks mad all the time. We'll travel places. Come here, Danny. Come here, Sharon. Just come on. Just, it's the second service. I got, I got four more minutes. Just stand right there. And I look, Danny, Danny loves to travel with me. He's an armor bearer and, and, and all of that. And I just wish he was about this skinny and about this short because it looks like I walk around with a bodyguard. And the look on his face. Y'all should have seen him before he really got saved. I mean, he walked around ticked off the whole time. <clears throat> I asked him one day, can I tell the story? <clears throat> I asked him one day, I said, let me ask you something. You know, as an armor bearer, you're a reflection of me. And you stand there, you're mad, you look, you look really angry. You don't talk to anybody. I'm in the altar praying for people, and he's like, move, move. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm like, oh my God, you know, like you're a reflection of me. I said, why don't you speak to people? And I quote, can I say this? And I quote, because if they act crazy and I have to kill them, I don't want to feel bad about it. Right. 
And then I got a little nervous. Because <laughs> there was a day he didn't like me. <laughs> I was telling that same story about a year and a half ago. Sitting at a restaurant with a bunch of uh, pastors we were traveling doing or whatever. And I looked at him and tears started going down his face. And before I could finish the story, he said, Pastor, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but that's not me anymore. I realize that I'm a reflection of Christ. Try Jesus, but don't try D. Because <laughs> he's not going to get you his hands. From the Bronx, born into nothing, didn't have nothing, came out of nothing, godless. God pulls them in the out of the, the stuff that they were living in, addictions and bondages, generational curses over their finances, and in a lot of other places too. And God pulls them into Florida saves them at a Bible-believing church and then sends them. And I'm telling you, the blessing of the Lord. Today, this is not a brag on them. This is just an acknowledgement of what obedience will do to God. Today, their family up in New York, they're like, I don't understand how you have this. I don't understand why God's given you. I don't understand why you, why God did it for you and didn't do it for me. And over and over again, obedient and blessing, obedience and blessing, obedience and blessing, obedience and blessing. And if you're waiting for the blessing to be obedient, Obedient, you'll never see the blessing with the window going all the way open. But if he will do it for them, I promise you, he's got a window for you too. <laughs> promise you, has a window for you too. There's a book. One of the things we do um, in our relationship is we'll do book studies together and this was might, might have been the first one we did first or second one we did as a as a brotherhood and it's my recommendation to you so it's called The Blessed Life by Robert Morse it, it's very practical and in real life examples it's not this prosperity gospel you know put a quarter into the slot machine and get a blessing that's, that's, that's not Bible that's not Bible I'm not talking about that very practical I, it's a recommendation it's a recommendation that I have for you if you're looking for a good book in 2021 to read that will challenge you in this way. I, I usually keep a stock of these in my office. When I have these kind of conversations, I usually just sew them and give them out. But this is actually the only one I have left. Close your eyes all over the room. Close your eyes all over the room. If you're in this room today and God's got you on a obedience journey in the area of your finances, I just want you to raise your hand. I'm going to give somebody this book. Yep, that's who I thought. <clears throat> I just put it right back down. There you go. Now, if you're here today, you can lift your eyes. You can lift your eyes. I don't want to embarrass anyone. Today, as a matter of fact, by Wednesday, I'll have more copies. If you're interested, I'll just, I will sow this into your life. It's, it's worth it to me to see you blessed. It's worth it to me to see you blessed. Some, remind me of that, will you? Today, God, Holy Spirit, has come in to shake us from this world economy 
and break the bondage of greed, lack, and never enough over our lives so that we can walk in this. And if you're in this room today and you are a tither and you are a giver, I want you to hear me. Don't allow the carnality of this age to sway you from this truth that what God is Lord of, he's able to keep what's been committed to him even in the most difficult of days. If you're in this room and you say, Pastor, I don't want to be blessed. I want to become a pool of blessing. I want you to slip up your hands all over this room and I just want us to worship for the next two minutes, for the next two minutes. Lord, do it in me. Do it in me, oh God. Maybe the Lord's convicting right now. Say, Holy Spirit, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Whatever it is you want to do, Lord, I'm going to be obedient to you. I'm going to walk in your obedience today, not out of compulsion, not out of manipulation, but out of your truth. I'm going to walk as a steward over what you have given me. I pray, Lord, that you would break the back of greed, that you would break the back of lack, that you would break the back of never enough off of every home, off of every relationship off of every individual under the sound of my voice. I pray that the wealth of the wicked that has been laid up for the righteous, that the window of heaven would bust open right now and release favor. I pray that the rebuke would come to the devourer right now and that you would establish us as a delightful land of fullness, of fruitfulness, of harvest and prosperity. Prosperity in our soul, prosperity in our minds, prosperity in our emotions, prosperity even in our, in our finances, prosperity in our health. I pray that we would prosper and be in good health as our soul prospers today, Lord God. Somebody who's blessed, lift up a shout of praise today. Somebody who's blessed, lift up a shout of praise today. a shot of praise today. Yeah, 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 yeah. We trust you. We trust you. That is who you are. Somebody lift up those hands and thank you.
Just Sharon's gone. Haley, come right there. Hannah, put your one of you put your hand on one knee, one of you put your hand on the other knee. I am not okay with our worship leader not being in complete health. Come on, get in faith with me right here. I'm not okay. I don't feel sorry for him. No, no. We're going to say in the name of Jesus. Come on, point your hands this way. Father, not another day. Not another week. Constant inflammation. We say in the name of Jesus. We call for the healer. Josh, just go ahead and anoint it with oil. Go ahead. Come on. Father, in the name of Jesus, you are the God that healeth all our diseases. You are the God who is able and the God who is willing. And we say for your servant in the name of Jesus, complete healing, complete restoration. Whatever you got to do, God, whatever you got to do, God, we call it into order right now. There was a strike laid on your back for the atoning of this man's knees. And we call for our portion of healing in the name of Jesus. We say as a testimony of your miracle working power, of your way making power, of your promise keeping power, we call it healed in the name of Jesus. Not because of a drainage, not because of a needle, not because of a doctor, but we call the great physician into the room and we ask your spirit of the living God to blow over this situation and bring healing. Somebody give me praise at the place today. Oh! Oh! I can't get away. Slip up your hands all over the room. I break the generational curse of financial bondage over every son and every daughter of the king. I break the back of generational curse. Your great-grandparents had it. Your grandparents had it. Your parents lived it. I break it in the name of Jesus. I break that spirit, that poverty spirit. I break that indebted spirit. I break that enslaved spirit. I break it off of you. I break it off of you. In the name of Jesus, somebody shout like they're free this morning. Speak, Lord. Cut it up. Cut it up, God. Help them. Give them the strength to prepare their house for the outpour of your blessing, oh God. If you're sick in your body, lift up your hands. I don't know who it is. I just feel healing in the room. If you got a sickness in your body, I want you to lift your hand right now. You've got a diagnosis. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for the wind of the Spirit to blow in this place. I pray for supernatural power to be released in this house this morning. Move, Holy Spirit. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. We don't make room for you. You have the room, God. We don't make room for you. You have the room, Holy Spirit. Ah, we love you, God. Worship you, Lord. 
worship you, Lord. Mm. I pull the fog off of you in the name of Jesus. I say, Lord, help them with their unbelief. I pull the cloud off of them in the name of Jesus. I pull it off and I pull the blinders from their eyes to see in the spirit realm of their obedient acts. Oh God, we pull it down in the name of Jesus. I pull down every imagination, imagining failing, imagining you not coming through, imagining you're not provided. I pull down every imagination that you're gonna you're gonna allow them to fall apart or lose their home or lose their whatever their stuff is, God. I pull down the imagination that would keep them locked into disobedience, oh God. We pull it down in Jesus' name. We pull it down in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now before we leave this place, I want every delightful land, every pool of blessing to lift up a praise for what God is releasing in 21. Prophesy to your future. Prophesy to your future. According to Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 11. <clears throat> May the Lord, the God of your fathers, increase your obedience and your faith so that he can bring a thousand times more than what you are and fulfill every promise he has given you. In the name of the Father, the freedom of the Son, the power of the Spirit, we say yes and amen. Lord, help our unbelief. Let them have the courage to do what's right, even when it's hard. And Lord, I just ask you to confirm blessings with harvest out of season. I pray that you would expedite the harvest season to continue to build their faith. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. <clears throat> Listen, before you leave today, <clears throat> today marks the start of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. You don't, you don't know what that means or, or whatever. It simply means we sacrifice something for 21 days. And we replace it with time with the Lord for 21 days. <clears throat> we do it at the first of the year because we give God our tithe. Because if we'll, if we'll give God the first, he has lordship over all. And he'll break the back 
of the economy of the age the rest of the year. And I don't know how you feel, but I want this to be a year of just buck wild, crazy revival where we see him do stupid things that he can only get the credit for. So we come in a season of fasting every year. We call it our sacred assembly. Every Sunday, every Wednesday, and every Friday. We pray on Fridays. <clears throat> I was sitting here, and I had a direction for the, the three Wednesdays of our 21 days. And I was sitting here, and the Holy Spirit said, No, I need you to teach on the power of fasting. And so... Wednesday. If you don't know what fasting is, I'm going to show you. There are only some things that can be released through prayer and fasting. There are only some demons that can be cast out through prayer and fasting. And I'm going to pre I'm going to I'm going to teach us Bible study on the power of fasting for these 3 weeks. Listen, it doesn't have to be food. It doesn't have to be food. I recommend it because we all could lose it. No, I'm just kidding. <clears throat> That's called dieting, not fasting. Just, just to let you know. <clears throat> I'm going to preach on fasting. Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's TV. Maybe it's you know, looking at your phone at night. May, maybe it's, listen, it's not just about taking away. It's also about adding to. If you're not a reader, maybe it's reading a book for 21 days. If you're not a devotional person, Maybe it's reading a chapter every day for 21 days. Listen, find a way for 21 days to join us in the sacred assembly. Throw up Joel 1.14 for me. We've called according to scripture, consecrate a fast, call a sacred assembly. This is why we call it this. Gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land, that's all of our membership, into the house of the Lord. Listen to me. This is a season to be in the house. I have a pastor friend of mine who made a, a tweet, and I, I, I loved it, so let me just use it. He said, get the vaccine or get the victory, but just get back to church. I'm calling us to a fast in the house. Use wisdom for your personal health, but do not call laziness wisdom. calling us to a fast in the house of the Lord what's according to scripture so that you and I cry out to the Lord Wednesday night I'm going to preach on the fast we're going to partake of communion and then we're going to cry out to the Lord and Friday we're going to do nothing but cry out to the Lord he said to his disciples can you not tarry with me for one hour for one hour on Friday, Friday night for three weeks we are going to get on our face and cry out to the Lord. I don't know how you feel, but I believe God is wanting to release healing fire to our land. I believe it. Believe it. I'm inviting you to join us. And then on our sacred Sunday, we'll sow a seed at every level. It's not about the number. It's about the obedience. A dollar fourteen, one hundred forty, whatever, wherever you are in your faith. Lord, help your unbelief. Help my unbelief. Wherever you are in your faith, that's what we're going to do. Our elders are going to lead us in declarations and decrees. It's a powerful Sunday. It's one of the most powerful Sundays of the year to end that revival where they're going to lead us in our decrees and then we're going to sow that seed and know that harvest is coming. Amen. I love you today. Have an incredible rest of the day. 
And I'll see you Wednesday night, Bible study, 7 o'clock. Tribe will be back in action as well. If we can't see you on Wednesday, we hope to see you Friday night. If we don't see you Friday night, we'll see you next Sunday. Lord bless you. Have an incredible rest of the week. Thank you.